Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. The passage this morning is from Isaiah 55, uh, 1 through 3. So if you can uh, turn with me there, Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3. And it reads, Come, all you are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. Now, I don't know what your week's been like, you know, but, uh, but mine's been pretty hectic. I'm uh, actually getting married uh, this Saturday. <laughs> oh, thank you. And, uh, you know, as exciting as it is, um, it's, it's, it's crunch time for those of you that are, have been prepared for weddings. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work, yeah, definitely a lot of work. And uh, on top of that, um, I, I work full-time in IT. I work for Walgreens. And so um, it's just been really busy at work. I've actually had to travel internationally uh, for work and got back just a couple weeks ago. And so usually, you know, it's just back-to-back meetings every day from, you know, when I start around 7 or 8, you know, until 5 p.m. at night. And so, you know, maybe your week has been a little bit like mine, right? And there's, like, really no time to kind of think about things except what you have to do next. Or maybe, you know, your week's been pretty normal, right? It's just been like another week and just like the previous week and the one previous after that. But, you know, whatever your week has been like, I'd like to start with the question, you know, are you satisfied with your life right now? Are you satisfied with your life right now? And I start with this question because how we answer that question will affect how we see this passage and how it speaks to us. You know, if you answer that question with a yes, that you are satisfied with your life, you know, this passage is interesting, but it won't really speak to you. But if your answer is, no, I'm not satisfied. Now, maybe I'm not satisfied with where I'm at work. Or maybe I'm not satisfied uh, with my marriage, even as Pastor Dave has been preaching through this marriage series with us. And I believe this passage is for you. I believe that God wants to speak to us about what it means to find true satisfaction. You know, see, satisfaction is an interesting thing. And we desire it, right? And we always try to find the most of it in all that we do. Right? I don't think there's anything that we do and we try to find the least satisfaction in it. You know, we always you know, try and we always look for the most thing, find the most satisfaction out of all that we do. And even when things are difficult, right? So, for example, work. I think a lot of us work here. And, you know, work can be 
not usually very satisfying. You know, we can be honest, right? It's, you know, it's, it's a grind sometimes. But we do it because we think that there will be a greater satisfaction later. We do it because you know, we know that we're going to get paid, and we want to have a nice place to live in or a roof over our heads, and we want to buy nice things. And so we seek satisfaction, but maybe we know that there might be greater satisfaction later. But the problem is, even though all of us try to find the most satisfaction in what we do, we always hunger for more. Right? We always, there's always this thing in us that wants more. And I believe the Bible talks about this in Ecclesiastes 3.11. And it says here, He, meaning God, has also set eternity in the human heart. And so interesting. And this, this verse is like, it's like one of those things where, you know, it's like a, a proverb where you can find all these sorts of different meanings in them. But I believe, you know, the, the, one of the great meanings behind this is that God has placed a hunger, a hunger for eternity uh, in our hearts, a hunger for something that is beyond this world. And that's a scary thought if you think about it. We always be looking for things, you know, in this world to fill our hunger, but what we really need is something that's beyond it. And I think that's why it's so hard sometimes to find satisfaction in our lives, because what really God has placed in us is his hunger for eternity. So maybe you don't believe me. Well, I have an example. (laughs) Netflix. Yeah, you know, I, I, I watch too much Netflix. And uh, just to let you know, me and my, my fiancé, um, you know, we, as preparing for this wedding and making sure, you know, things get done, our hearts are right, I, uh, we, you know, I gave up Netflix and then she gave up chocolates. So, yeah, just to help us prepare, you know, especially in our hearts. But, but Netflix, Netflix. You know, who would have thought, right, that, that something like this would be so popular? Right, they on Netflix, you have like these television shows, and they they give you the whole season, all at once, you know, and and so it's like you would think that you know like usually you'd want to watch a show one at a time so to keep people coming back week in and week out to watch it, but they they give you the whole thing all at once, right? And and the funny thing is, you know, I would always like you know I'll come after work, it's been a long day, I want to relax, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna watch you know one episode, one episode of the Walking Dead or, you know, one of the other shows, you know, like Daredevil or something. And, you know, you sit there and you watch it, and I'm usually eating dinner while I'm watching it. And then after I'm done with that, I'm like, oh, you know, I really want to know. I'm, I'm just going to watch another one. And then another one. And then another one. And before you know it, it's like midnight, and you're like, oh, what did I just do with my evening? Right? And, and I think it speaks to this hunger in us, right? This hunger that we have for more. And unfortunately, even though Netflix is great as it is, you can never fully satisfy. There's always something more that we want, the next episode, the next series, the next show. So for those of us who are frustrated with this hunger, for those of us that are still seeking something to satisfy us, what should we do? Are we doomed to always be looking for that next thing? I think this is where Isaiah 55, 1 through 3 comes in. God is inviting those of us who are not satisfied with our lives to come to him 
and find satisfaction in him. We can only find true satisfaction in a rich and living relationship with God. Let me repeat that. We can only find true satisfaction in a rich and living relationship with God. You know, this may sound weird to some of us, right? Got it? You know, we think our relationship with God really just consists of kind of coming to service or once in a while reading our Bibles or maybe going to a community group, right? Or maybe some of us, you know, we've, we've been walking with God for a while, right? And we remember our younger years in college, right? It was on fire for God and everything was just awesome. You know, every, yeah, sorry, that song in my head. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, everything is just really awesome, right? And, um, right, but but now, after college and working for a while and, and having kids and, and just all those things, you know, we, we just don't, don't have that same passion anymore. We don't have that same satisfaction that we had in God. I think in both cases, we, we've forgotten or we don't realize what we have in God. And I think there's this quote, and C.S. Lewis speaks so much better than I do about this. But, you know, I actually have more of this quote. But here it says, If we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he can't imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. As C.S. Lewis points out, we stop short of the pursuit of satisfaction. God offers us infinite joy infinite joy, you know, but we settle, we settle for, you know, a house, maybe a a $500,000 house with granite countertops and stainless steel appliances. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, like, I've been to some of your houses, and man, seriously, they're they're nice, really, I mean, they are nice, don't get me wrong, but come on, infinite joy, infinite joy. And I think the, the, the reason why we find it so hard is because we don't really believe that there is infinite joy. And it's easier to see what's right in front of us. You know, we will always choose the most satisfying thing. We just think that the most satisfying thing is drink and sex and ambition when it's not. And God is inviting us today to remember what we have in him. You know, and... and this passage in Isaiah tells us, you know, just there's so many things it tells us, but there are truths about what we have in him. And I want to share just two with us today. So the first thing that I want to share with you guys, a truth about what we have in God, is found in verse 2. And it reads, Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest, richest affair. And this verse reminds us that there is a richness in our relationship with God. There is a richness that's there. And I think the best way to describe 
what this richness is, is coffee. <laughs> Maybe that sounds a little weird to you guys, but I don't know. For some reason, as I thought about this, you know, I, I'm not a, a huge coffee drinker. I drink coffee. I, I love it. I mean, when you smell it, I don't know, every time I pass a Starbucks, like I always want to just stop by and get a cup. But I, I get really jittery, so I can never have too much. But, but coffee, you know, there's, there's so many different kinds of coffees out there. There's, you know, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, uh, if you consider that coffee, I guess. But, you know, there's, and there's even gourmet beans out there. And I know some of you even grind your own beans and all that. And I think why coffee speaks to this richness is that it's how, you know, it's brewed, right? At, at, at the basic level, it's just you run hot water through grinded beans and through a filter that sits in the filter, and, and, and it, the water picks up the coffee, right, the taste of the coffee. And, and, you, and, you, and you think it's, like, so simple. But there's so many things to it. You know, there's, it's how you grind the beans, what beans you use, even what water. You know, I was looking this up last night, and I'm like, man, there's, like, so many ways to do this. It's so crazy. The, and the, the basic idea is the same. And how you depend on how you brew the coffee, right? It can either turn out really fantastic or really watery, right? And I don't know. I just, I'm just thinking, like, you know, at the surface it seems so simple. I think in the same way our relationship with God can seem so simple at first, right? If we confess that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and then we enter this relationship with him, and then we're told to come to church Right, read our Bibles and pray. And these all these things are good. But if our relationship only goes that far, if it only stays at this kind of semi superficial level, right? We we read our Bibles a couple times a week, we we pray when we can, before meals or whatnot. Right? It's just like watery coffee. It's just like having Folgers in the morning. I'm sorry if you guys like Folgers. I just that's that's <laughs> Apologize for that, but but really, I mean, you can yeah, you can you can you can have Folgers, or you could have this you know gourmet coffee like from Hawaii and Kona, like Kona coffee beans or something, right? And it's it's this it's this difference that I think this richness that sometimes we forget about that we that we can have this richness in God, you know, in our relationship with Him. So I was just thinking about this yesterday, and I don't know if any of you got out yesterday, but yesterday was an amazing day. Actually, today is, is also an amazing day. And as I was driving down to Champaign, I was helping uh, my fiancé move. I was just driving down I-57, and, um, and I've driven down that highway, I don't know, so many times going down to Champaign. And for some reason, it was just amazing. I... And I tried to find a picture. I didn't take a picture of it, but I tried to look online, and it kind of looked like this. So maybe some of you driving on I-57 are like, I, you never see this. You just <laughs> you see this. It never looks like this great. But, but for me, I don't know. For some reason, I, just, I saw the farmhouses and the farmland, and it's just the blue sky. And I was like, this is, you know, as even I was driving, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, God created all of this, right? And God is sovereign over all these you know, this, these plants and these animals and, and, and the, the people, I mean, driving along with me and, you know, like going down south. And it just, I just had this sense of overwhelming peace that God gave me, even with all the busyness and the wedding and even finishing up the sermon. I mean, it's, 
It was crazy. And I, I think I think that's sometimes we just we miss out on that. That that even in the the mundane, driving on I fifty seven, that God can bring you this richness of peace. It's I, I, in some ways I, I wish I could, you know, just you know, that you could experience that too. Like you could just be with me in that car and and experience what that is. Because if you experience that, it's it's like you just want more. You just want more, you know. And and it's it's as hard as I wish I could describe it better, but you just want more of it. And so I think it's moments like those, moments where God meets with you, meets with me, that really renew and anchor me in my relationship with God. And I've not found anything else that can do that. Nothing. Not Netflix, not video games, not nothing. And that kind of satisfaction that I find in the richness of my relationship with God is what keeps me coming back. So the second truth we find in these verses is found in verse 3. Verse 3 reads, Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. I will be... I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promise to David. This verse reminds us that we have life, life in our relationship with God. More than salvation, God helps us live our life to the fullest. I think sometimes we forget about that. I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in trying to believe the right things or do the right things. You know, there's there's this pressure for us to always do those. Just just we think we have to be right all the time, but I think it's 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 larger than that. You know, our relationship with God is with a living God, right? And He wants us to live our life to the fullest. There's a freedom to that, and I think John ten ten Jesus talks about this. He says. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus didn't come just to, so that we could be saved and spend eternity with him. And he, he did do, do that. He did save us. But more than just save us, he gave us life. Life that we can even experience here on this earth. And there's a fullness to that. And I think there's a temptation to live life in such a way that limits it. We think in terms of building our career or saving for our, towards a house, or providing for a family. You know, all these things are good, but I believe they can tempt us into thinking that they are the most important thing in life. And, that, and when they become the most important thing, we no longer have the freedom to live this life to the fullest. You know, right, we need a good job so that we can provide for our family, and that's a good thing. But when it becomes the most important thing, we think we have to, you know, we can't, we can't be free to find a different job. We can't be free because we feel the pressure of paying the bills, of making sure our kids go to the schools, the right schools, and, and all, all that stuff, that we aren't free anymore. We're not free because that becomes the most important thing. And I think by living this way, we can't truly live. Only when God becomes the center of our lives, he gives us the freedom to live outside those boundaries.
So I was trying to think of a way to illustrate this, and uh, the only thing I can think of um, is, is kite surfing. Um, <laughs> kite surfing, um, probably most of you might not know it. It's, it's kind of still a little bit newish. Um, but I was introduced this to kite surfing by my little sister, who is also here today. And uh, her and her husband are just big kite surfers. And it basically, as you can see on the image, you have this huge parachute. And the parachute can be like 10 or 12 uh, square meters big. And it's, it's connected to, you know, to this harness that's connected to you. And you have like a wakeboard that you, that you use on the water. And, uh, you know, it's an amazing sport. I mean, these kites are big. Like, I was trying to find a better picture. I mean, that's, that's a grown man next to that, that kite. <laughs> I just mentioned that because I was looking for pictures. I found this like little kid to a, a kite, and I was like, oh, "That ratio is a little off." But but no, but this kite—I mean, it's huge, and and it it really—I mean, I, I tried it once, and it it can really pull you. I mean, these guys—you can launch yourself. You don't need a wave. You can launch yourself 20 to 30 feet in the air just with the kite if the wind is right and you use the kite correctly. And I even in a family vacation, we when we went to St. John, and we were talking to this guy and. He literally went from St. John to St. Thomas, <laughs> kite surfing. Like, I mean, he just used the wind and pull, it pulled him right across um, this, the, the, the distance between those islands. And you can go fast. I mean, I was looking it up. You can go like 40 knots, 40 knots with this stuff. And so, you know, it, it's interesting because without this kite, you, you, can't, you can't do much. I mean, you can surf, and that's pretty fun. I've done surfing and boogie boarding and all sorts of other water sports. But there's something about kite surfing that's just truly exhilarating. And, you know, I've never, I haven't got to the point where I can actually get up and stand up on the water. But, but I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen my sister and, and her, and her uh, husband, and, I mean, it, it's truly awesome. And I'd like to try to get back to it someday. And that's the thing about God being in the center of our lives, Right? Like, when God is in the center, he's the one that lifts us up. He's the one that keeps us going, right? He's the one that can take us to distances that we never knew we could go. And when God is not the center, we are severely limiting ourselves in what we can do. And I think that's why some of us are so dissatisfied with our lives today. We feel hedged in, weighed down by all the responsibilities that we have. You know, sometimes we can't feel like we can't even breathe by all the things that are going on in our lives. We take the weight of all this, of all our lives, of all the things going on in our lives, our kids, our families, our parents, our jobs, all this, and we try to place it on our own shoulders. And I think, you know, why? Why, why, why do we have to do that? Why should we do that if we don't have to? Earlier in Isaiah, we're told in verses uh, chapter 40, 28 to 31, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the earth, ends of the earth. He will not grow weary, tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. 
They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Why do we try so hard living apart from God? We can fly, excuse me, we can fly with wings like eagles and be able to do so much more than we can imagine if we place our hope in the Lord and find our satisfaction in him. So, I'd just like to end with this question. What are you willing to do to find satisfaction in your life? What are you willing to do? Would you be willing to take a step of faith to look for it in your relationship with God? If you do, I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Let us pray. Father, I just uh, just pray for all of us here. Lord, I know that, Lord, you know that it's so hard sometimes to look beyond what's just right in front of us, especially when what is in front of us is good and pleasing. Lord, I, I just pray, Father, though, that, that you help us see with eyes of faith, even as um, our brothers and sisters saying for special praise, that you help us see with eyes of faith beyond what we have right in front of us, even if it's good and even if it's pleasing. Lord, grant us eyes of faith so that we may see that there is true satisfaction found in you. It is right there, right there waiting for us, that you are waiting for us. So, Father, I pray that you would help us hear the words of Isaiah. Come, come and eat. Come if you are thirsty. Even if you have no money, come buy and eat food without cost, bread without cost. Help us see the richness that we have in our relationship with you. Help us see that we can truly live with you, Lord. Help us have faith so that we can see these things. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.